Hello there, ladies and gentlemen that listen to the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes, and we finally have at least a little bit of traction on the Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin contract stuff with a full month to go till and free, until free agency, 30 days officially until the UFA market opens. Rob Rossi and Josh Yoey of The Athletic had a report today that was definitely encouraging, especially with the contract discussions um, with the number one defenseman, Chris Tate, also an update of Kenny Malkin, other stuff re- relating to the Penguins' off-season um, decisions. I'm going to get to all of that for today's episode of Locked Up Penguins podcast, starting with the Chris Latang discourse that took place on social media and just in the article itself. So we're going to jump into that and then turn our gears to Evgeny Malkin and do the other stuff in Rob Rossi's story later on in the show right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Ben Lines have covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That has been online where the game starts. A um, couple of big anniversaries in Penguins history that I would be remiss if I did not go over them. Uh, June 11th, this past Saturday, the five-year anniversary of the Penguins hoisting that second uh, the back-to-back Stanley Cup in 2017 against the Predators, Patrick Hornquist being the hero. And then yesterday, the, um, the 2016 uh, anniversary of the game in San Jose where Crystal Tang was absolutely magnificent. And the 2009 series against Detroit, Detroit Red Wings. Um, Penguins loved their June 12th. And, you know, that Sunday is, you know, on a personal level, um, six days to the day where I – six years to the day where I graduated high school and then had to rush home to watch the third period of the Penguin Sharks. You know, I eventually did go back and watch the first and second periods. I think I even live tweeted it when I was doing it. It was just um, <clears throat> flat out stunned how that game was not four to one or five to one heading into the third. Martin Jones was incredible, but you know, ha- had to touch on that before we really get into today's show. Um, and speaking of Chris Letang, that was the big update in Rob Rossi's story. So it said, you know, talk, you know, what we're hearing with the Penguins offseason. He started off, um, sources told tell the athletic that signing Chris Letang is the Penguins' top priority. Um, he says there's optimism among club management and his representation that a deal can be reached to prevent him from becoming a UFA on July 13th. That is very encouraging any way you slice it. And for the longest time, you know, I've been saying it on this show, other people have been saying on social media that write podcasts about the team and all that, that it's a kind of a toss-up for me. 50-50, whether he comes back, I've always felt more comfortable that Gino is going to be the one to come back and Latang may go out and cash out somewhere else. But Based on this update, um, it looks like Latang, you know, might be trumping Gino as the one that's more likely to come back at this point. Um, Rob also says that they identified Latang as their pro- top priority for retention after agreeing to the new contract for Brian Rust. Um, they did say also, um, if I can go down here, um, Penguins representatives for Latang and Malkin, the talks are ongoing, but the management, this is the big kicker. Ron Hextall and the Penguins management, they want to know how much Latang will cost with his AAV before turning their attention more seriously to Gino. And my thoughts on that, 
I think that's the right move. I think the Latang number, because he's going to be getting a raise, and rightfully so because of how good he was this season, you have to figure out what that contract is going to look like. How many years do you want to give him? Do you want to be a little bit bold and do five years? You know, maybe both sides can agree to that. But, you know, can Ron Hexon and Brian Burke agree on the number for him? You know, does it start with an eight? I think that's probably the number one question for me. You know, can you get him below eight? It's going to be it's going to be hard because he's definitely outplayed that 7.25. But how high are they willing to go to keep this player in Pittsburgh? I don't think Latang's going to ask for 8.5 to 9. I think that would be a bit ridiculous. But, you know, maybe 8.1, 8.2 at the most, most is what I'd maybe be willing to give him. Eight, you know, is kind of also, I wouldn't say stretching it, but it's definitely bold um, to do that for the Penguins. Um, you know, they, they have to figure that out. But, you know, I, I've said it on this show a lot over the offseason, you know, that Latang should be their top priority. I am glad that it sounds like, according to Rossi, that, um, Latang is, is indeed their top priority, and they're trying to get him done before really focusing on Gino. I, I, I'm sure Malkin probably doesn't care that much. I mean, I know he's been here for 16 years, and you know, maybe he'll feel like he's should be the bigger priority, but you know, him and Latang have meant just as much to the organization as the as you know, it's interchangeable. You know, both have done um, so much, so I'm not really a big fan. I'm not really too worried about that aspect of it. And also I can see why they want to get Latang done because I mean, there's really no one else that can replace him. Um, that's on the UFA market and the trade market, which brings me um, to this nice social media discourse that, you know, I, I tweeted out that part of the story uh, on my Twitter account today. I got a whole bunch of reactions. And as you all know, um, there is a very loud, but a very minority group. And again, that it's a loud group that think Chris Letang stinks. He shouldn't be re-signed. He turns the puck over way too much. Blah, 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 blah. They don't give you any statistics to back up their claims. Some guy tried to tweet me today of a clip of literally Letang and Dumoulin going from defense to offense and saying Letang should not be behind the goal line. Again, a lot of these people really don't know what they're talking about. As Chad Nolan, MadChad412 said to me on social on social media and when he's been on the podcast before, I judge people with knowing stuff about the Penguins by how you feel about Chris Letang. Um, I'm sorry if this is going to tune a few people off. I, you know, if most of the people I think list that listen to the show know what Letang brings to the table. But I'm going to say this. If you are one of the people that think he should not be re-signed or thinks that they're not worse without him and all this other stuff. You know, he turns the puck over way, way, way too much. I had someone else in my mentions today saying that to me while citing a, a different thing, which I'll get to in a second. Um, you know, I'm probably not going to take your opinion seriously of the Penguins. I'm not because, you know, you can throw so many data points at these people, give them actual statistics, data, that backs up what I have been watching, and these people will not care. They will use strawman arguments to win debates. And at the end of the day, not, nothing good is going to come from that. Um, you know, someone said to me today, they, they, they sent me this. This was hilarious. 
Um, if I can find the, the, the tweet here, um, I, well, I, I can just describe it. If you all, it was, it was like the most turnovers among any players in the league. Latang was like in the top ten to fifteen. But if you look at the the top ten to fifteen, Leon Draisaitl, Johnny Goodrow, Miro Heiskanen, all these other great players, I'm like, wow. It's almost like yes, great players are going to probably be in that category because they have the puck on their stick every single game, and sometimes. You know, most of the time, I should say, you have good decisions with those players. Some other times you have bad decisions, which I get it. Latang has made plenty of bad mistakes in his career. I could easily say that as someone who can be objective about him and this stuff. The, the, the anti-Latang people want you to be objective when it comes to him. But, you know, I have no problem praising him. Well, also, when he screws up, I can dump on him, too. I mean, I, it, for those that you know listen to the show all season. I mean, uh, when, whenever he had a bad game, I was always the first to say that he stunk and I, I expect him to be better the next time. And, you know, sure enough that that's exactly what happened, but you know, I, I'm not going to sit here, you know, and, and hear these, these weird statements from people about um, a defenseman in this franchise's history in terms of how great he is and still is, I should say, you can count the number of better defensemen, that have played for this franchise as a whole on one hand. Heck, you probably don't even need to use more than two fingers before you get to him. I could I could only probably use one or two before I get to him. It's Paul Coffey at number one. It's Chris Letang at two. People can argue Ol Samuelson and Sergey Gonchar and whoever else you want to put in there. Larry Murphy, um, but. I'm taking Latang over those three, except Paul, um, any day of the week. And and if you do find yourself in a debate about Chris Latang, and you, you're talking with someone who is part of the anti-Latang cult, I want you all to say this to these people. Ask them who you are going to replace him with. Who's going to take his minutes? Who's going to take that power play time? Who's going to do what he does at even strength, generate an offense, who is going to do what he does in the defensive zone, shutting down anyone that comes in with his 1v1s and whatever? If they tell you John Klingberg, laugh at them. That's not going to happen. Latang, I mean, Klingberg turns the puck over way more often than Latang does for the people that want to use that as a stat, which is basically just useless at this point when you have all the great players up there. Um, and Klingberg didn't generate the offense that he did this year, and defensively he flat out stunk too. So don't give them that. Um, have them name actual top pairing defenders that are either available or you can get for trade that actually fit the Penguins' budget with their salary cap issues. That, that, that's what I would say for you all if you are ever caught in that kind of debate. I'm, I'm tired of these people not appreciating one of the best players to ever play for this franchise. It is very weird that there is a very loud, but a very minority group of the fan base that does, does not appreciate him. It, it makes no sense. You can have a balanced discussion about this player without turning it into, oh yeah, he stinks. He should not even be close to being resigned. And you know, you have, you also have these people say, well, you know, they, they lost in the first round four years in a row. Something has to change, but you know, I hate that argument because then you're just making changes for the sake of making changes. How about you show me a blueprint of what you would do then? I mean, if, if, if Evgeny Malkin and Chris Latang are walking, who are you bringing in to replace them? What is your grand plan 
as armchair general manager, going on cap friendly and making all these weird deals like you're also on NHL 22 or something like that. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's baffling to me. It's just people have all these like, you know, these weird statements about, oh, I, I want to do this with the team or, you know, you're, you're not being objective and all that. When in reality, it's those people that are not being objective because they're, they're blinded by, you know, pure hatred for a guy who really does not deserve any of that hate. And I get if people are skeptical about that potential contract five times eight or something like that. I get it. It's risky. Um, the wheels can fall off at any time, but with how he has played, well into his 30s, it's a risk that you have to take. You're not getting anyone to replace what he does in all your situations. Um, you, you need to have this guy retire as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So um, I had to bring the heat a little bit for this first segment. I'm sick and tired of people just you know, hating on the guy for no reason or thinking this team should rebuild and let these two guys walk, especially Latang. Um, it's just... You know, it, it, it's it's nauseating at this point. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get to some of the other stuff in the article from Rob Rossi. If I can get to the, um, there we go. I'm almost just, I think I clicked the wrong link for the ad that we are about to run here on the Locked on Penguins podcast. Um, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because, you know, I didn't have time to sometimes work out in the morning. I wanted more energy because I sleep in a little too much, especially what, you know, on weekends um, and stuff, if that does um, make sense. But even when I do sleep in, um, I'm still sometimes I'm not, you know, as refreshed um, as I want to be. You know, I want to supplement also taste ray, wanted to see what the hype was about and all that stuff. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're, absor- you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. The special vitamin ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and your aging. It costs you less than $3 a day to do this. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold root habit. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. and has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So getting on to some other stuff from this article with Rob Rossi. Um, he did also confirm a big one here that the Fenway Sports Group, which you know, a very analytically inclined ownership group here. They, they love having people in charge that will make decisions based off analytics. Um, Rossi confirmed that, you know, the people at the top of the organization now, they want both Latang and Malkin through in Pittsburgh through the remainder of their, their respective careers. And yes, that as the member, remember when that written plan thing was going around on social media? I think that was from uh, Josh Yoey, who originally reported it. Well, so this was part of Hextall's written plan presented to the Fenway Sports Group 
towards the end of the actual regular season. So he also does want Bacor to retire in Pittsburgh um, at the end of their careers. Um, Rob also says Fenway Sports Group has identified retention of those two players as a way to guarantee that Sidney Crosby will play his entire career with the Penguins. Because, you know, think about it here. Only three years left. I mean, it's already been nine of the 12 years since Sid signed that deal. And that was when the CBA was way different than what it was now. I mean, there's like cap recaptures. But that thing, if he does retire early, I mean, it was an $8.7 million AAV, probably one of the more underrated player, underrated AAVs in the game. I mean, he should probably be making 11 to $12 million, um, right now. But the Penguins got really lucky when they did pay him at that time. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's coming up pretty quick. You know, only three more years until Sid is a UFA. Um, and Rob also says management is keeping him in the loop as much as he wants regarding ongoing talks with Latang and Malkin. That's that's good. You know, you always want to keep the face of the franchise, the second best player to ever play for this franchise, in the loop with two of his his longest tenure teammates. I mean, also two of his best friends. So perfectly fine with that. Um, going down a little bit um, more here. Um, you know, he says, despite one of the deepest initial free agent classes of the salary cap era, management has assessed the best use of resources and continue to building around a core of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. So for those people out there that want the team to rebuild and all this other nonsense, you know, it's not going to happen. It, they, they want to continue to win with these three. Now, can you get a bit younger outside of them? Absolutely. You know, that's, that's going to be the job of the manager this summer, making decisions, moving some money out, bringing some money in with players that are a lot younger, that can add some energy, some youth to this lineup, some speed to this lineup, and most importantly, obviously generating offense to this lineup as well. So if you all want to say that team maybe maybe needs a little retool while also saying they can bring back uh Latang and Malkin, I am all for that. I think that's a totally fair thing to say. And I do think that's probably going to be um one of their big plans um this summer. Um couple other things here from Rossi. Um in case anyone thought that Mike Selma was going to be fired, um he said that's not going to be the case. He's going to be the head coach next season. In addition to having full support of the management, Sullivan has also impressed the new ownership group, which views him as an integral building block for the Penguins moving forward. Best possible news right there. Um, we, we, the Penguins don't need to be the freaking Boston Bruins over here and fire Bruce Cassidy for reasons. I mean, that was a hilarious move. I don't know why the Bruins decided to do it. He had the Bruins, I think, in four or five of the six years he was there, the number one team in all the NHL and expected goals um, each season. Um, every underlying metric uh, was top 10 when he was there. Um, and they, they decided to get rid of him for reasons that, you know, are, are unknown to me. Um, that's for sure. Um, another one, a big one here, assistant coaches Tar Reardon and Mike Bellucci have been granted permission to interview for any current or future head coaching openings this offseason. Um, no management. They don't want to lose either assistant um, you know, it sounds like Chicago with Weirden, they may have another interview. And it sounds like, according to Rob, I, I, Elliot Freeman has not reported this. Um, the Red Wings and Steve Eiserman might be interested in um, having Volucci in for an interview. Um, I did listen to Friedman on 32 Thoughts on Monday morning, confirmed that it looks like Volucci is not going to get the job in Philly. Said that he impressed them a lot, but I think they're moving forward with uh, one of Peter DeBoer, Barry Trotz, or John Torella. I know which one I want them to hire. But I also want, and I think I know which one you all want the Philadelphia Flyers to hire as well. The very chaotic option. 
to say the least. Um, he did say also management plans to add an assistant general manager to Hextall staff and inter internal candidate is a leading contender for that. Um, leading contender, Chris Pryor, currently the Penguins director of player personnel. This is my reaction to that. Yes, in case, for those that did not watch the YouTube version, that was me doing a face palm all over my face. Um, I just, please, Ron Hextall, bring in someone from outside the organization that has fresh ideas. You don't need to have three to four people in your hockey ops, and that's it. You know, it, it's perfectly fine to hire people from other teams that, you know, that, that winning teams preferably that know what they're doing know what they're doing, share your ideology, or also, again, can bring in new ideas for this front office. I, I don't know why you have to have a internal candidate potentially be another assistant general manager. There's probably plenty of hockey executives out there that would love to be an assistant general manager under you, especially, you know, for the Pittsburgh freaking Penguins here. So um, I just, I, I beg for him to please go outside the organization here. Um, I don't need to, you know, I understand the Steelers do one thing and they promote with it from within. Um, I, I don't need to see the Penguins uh, do it too, especially when, you know, the, the Steelers front office is a lot bigger <laughs> than the Penguins. Um, I, I really uh, do not get that at all. So hopefully he is able to do that. Um, and there's a couple other notes that I'm going to save uh, for the final segment of this episode. One of them does involve Andy Saucier, um, and it's good news on him. No, the Penguins are not going to lose him here. Um, that's for sure. So um, that's coming up in the next segment, plus uh, a potential small preview uh, of the Stanley Cup final. Um, but before we get to that, I'm like having trouble like breathing here almost, it looks like. Um, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest developments, news, and odds, including NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Final, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That has been online where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter. I don't know how he's follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. So big news when it comes to Andy Saucier. Um, he is expected to receive a promotion and a new title, um, but um, he's still not going to have his in-game responsibilities change. Um, he says this move will be preemptive so as to not lose Saucier, who is viewed around the NHL as possessing elite recognition when it comes to which plays can be reversed. I mean, you know, when, when you have a video coach that is um, – 100% with offside reviews. Um, and I actually did a little bit of digging to get that set. He has never lost an offside review for as long as he has been doing this, going back to the 2015-16 Jonathan Drouin one. Since then, never lost. Um, people will point to the goaltender interference ones. That's not Andy Saucier's job. That's actually the goaltending coach um, buzzing down for that one. So when they challenged the one game one against the Rangers, uh, that was Andy Kyoto challenging that. So Saucier, um, he is definitely elite at knowing when plays are offside and when they're not. Um, anytime the Penguins are challenging for offside, I, I know they're going to win it. And, you know, the, the replay will always show it. It's like, well, no, it, it, I, I hope honestly opposing teams when there's offside reviews, 
in the Penguins challenge it, they're probably going to be like, well, this one's coming back because this guy actually knows what he's doing. Um, so once that promotion is announced, uh, I'll definitely be the first to congratulate him. Um, he, he definitely deserves it. He has done a lot for this coaching staff. Um, just a, a great video coach. And, you know, maybe one day the Pittsburgh Steelers will hire someone like that. So Mike Tomlin wants to win uh, some more challenges because he has been dreadful in that regard. And I'm sure Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers um, would gladly share that sentiment. And here's an interesting one that I, you know, I've really not heard a lot about this offseason. The Penguins would not stand in the way of assistant video coach Madison Nickel if a head video coach job becomes available. Vancouver, where Jim Rutherford is there, has sought permission to interview Nickel for its top video coach position. I'm sure uh, Madison will do a great job um, in that role, especially learning under Saucier. I mean, you know, Andy could probably teach any person uh, to do what he does in, in, even just in you know basics 101, and I'm sure whoever um, is under him, you know, could go to an NHL team and do a good job. So I'll be curious to see if that comes to fruition a bit over the offseason. But those were the big updates, and it's basically taken us a full 25 minutes to discuss those in the show today. I have been waiting for these kind of updates. It makes me so happy to get them, especially because you know we're almost getting close to through the season reviews now. We really only have the defensemen and some of the AHL call-ups to go over for the rest of those. But, you know, also have a ton of free agency stuff to do going forward. The draft, I'm going to try to have a couple people on um, that know a lot more than me about that. That's for sure. But, you know, I appreciate Rob's reporting on this. I'm definitely getting excited about Latang potentially coming back and Malkin potentially coming back. And, you know, again, I, I think the Penguins, they're, they're doing it right here with prioritizing Latang just because there's not a lot of great options. Um, if he does uh, not come back next year. Um, real quickly here, Stanley Cup final, Tampa Bay, Colorado, our long national nightmare is over with the Rangers being eliminated. Golf claps, golf claps, golf claps. Um, they stood no chance in game six. Um, but when Rotrano tied it, I was like, feels like only a matter of time before Tampa Bay um, is going to take the lead. Sure enough, 20 seconds later, uh, Steven Stamkos gives them the lead. And, you know, this is probably going to be um, the best Stanley Cup final in almost a decade. Um, I said at least 2009 um, for the Red Wings Penguins when you have the Red Wings, that veteran team that won it the year before, one of the best teams in the cap era going up against a Penguins team that is ready to break through. And that's what you have here. You have the veteran championship uh, Lightning who are going for more history, going up against an avalanche team that is ready to break through. They've won 12 of 14 playoff games. They have game breakers at every position, just like the Lightning, a damn good goaltender when he's healthy. Um, this screen, this series screams seven games. And, you know, I, I got my last two predictions, right? Especially the bolts and six ones. So I bounced back a little bit. I'm going to go, I'm going to go abs and seven here. I think they do enough to dethrone the champs. I think it's going to be very close, very highly contested, but I think Colorado, it's their time. Um, and, and I think they're going to, they're going to break. I think we're going to see a performance for the ages uh, from Nathan McKinnon, I think Cal Carr is going to be awesome. And seeing him go up against Victor Hedman is going to be incredible. Um, two very well-coached teams. Um, this is, I mean, again, you know, this compares to Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Boston, 2013. Uh, Boston, Vancouver, 2011 was incredible. Um, I did have some people say St. Louis, Boston. That was also really good Stanley Cup final. Um, but, you know, this is two heavyweights going at it. It's almost like, 
you know, Drago versus Rocky and Rocky 40, you know, when one, one guy is one team, I should say, not as big of a villain as Drago is, but they're definitely the villain. But going up against a team that, you know, I think a lot of people want to see when they would, this would be their first Stanley Cup in 20 years, basically. So I'm going abs in seven. Um, that's my official prediction. And we'll see if that comes past final starts on Wednesday of this week. Um, and with that, um, that's going to end today's episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. Um, I know I had to bring the heat a little bit in the first segment because um, I had uh, just a whole bunch of weirdos in my mentions on social media and stuff telling me why it's not important for the Penguins to bring back Latang. And, you know, I just, I kind of laugh and scoff at it at this point. So again, that'll do it for this one. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back with another episode on Tuesday for this team. And I will talk to you all then. I hope you all have a great rest of your Monday.